There are few things on earth that generate more conversation than wine. For many, the thirst for wine knowledge becomes an obsession, and it's hard to imagine that anyone has fully ingested all there is to know about the world's most revered beverage. We all know people who are passionate about sharing that knowledge and their opinions about wine. But we find an awful lot of the conversations about wine pretty hard to swallow. Welcome to Grape Encounters. Your host, David Wilson, his guests, and the rest of us on the team are here to show you a great time. How to have more fun with your wine. Where to enjoy wine the most. How to immerse yourself into a wine lifestyle that isn't simply about wine. So let's dive into this week's edition of Grape Encounters. Oh, you'll learn plenty, but hopefully it will be knowledge that you can really use. Not like that Latin class you took in high school. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. You know, believe it or not, there is a downside to being a broadcast or even a print journalist and covering events and stories all over the world. And it's that you don't really get to spend an extended period of time in very many places because you're always on the run. Now, there is one event that I have been dying to go to. It's been on my wish list. It's been on my calendar. And we also became a sponsor of the event Sight Unseen. And I got to go there two weeks ago. And I was going to report back to you last week, but I had some stuff. That was of a timely nature, so I couldn't really push that aside to give you a recap of my trip to the Oregon Wine Experience, but I'm going to do that today, and I'm going to talk about some other things as well, but I have got to tell you that I wasn't even remotely disappointed with what I experienced. In fact, this event so vastly exceeded my expectations, it was just absolutely mind-blowing. Now, I go to just tons of wine events, from the most intimate events to the biggest events, but this is really an event that will, I think, for a very long time, remain in my top three. It could very well be my number one, but, you know, that would probably irritate some of the other people that I have said are my number one experiences as well. So anyway, but be that as it may, it was absolutely off the charts, unbelievable. Took place in Jacksonville, Oregon. That's Southern Oregon. And I actually stayed in Ashland, Oregon. And by the way, stayed at the Ashland Springs Hotel hotel, a historic hotel. I was up on the eighth floor. This place is really renowned. It's been there forever. It's really in the thick of things as far as the Oregon Shakespeare Festival is concerned. Had a great time there. And by the way, just a stellar restaurant and bar in this particular hotel. I had some of the most interesting cocktails there that I I couldn't have even begun to tell you what was in these cocktails. I had to actually query the bartender. But even when I was told what was in the cocktail, There were ingredients in there that I just didn't even recognize. But wow, big wow. And incredible food in the restaurant. Just an incredible place to stay. And then it's surrounded by all of these Shakespearean theaters that don't necessarily just do Shakespeare. And this goes on for a number of months. And the people that were enjoying those performances were really having the time of their life. I did not, unfortunately, get to take in any performance because the agenda of things to do at the Oregon Wine Experience was so extensive that literally it was from, you know, mid-afternoon to late in the evening.
evening before I actually got back, so I couldn't even take in a play or anything else. But you know what? I was not disappointed because what I experienced, honestly, was so unique, was so well-conceived, was so well-organized, was so special in so many ways that I could not have asked for a better week in my life. Now, the idea was that I was going to go there and it was going to be, you know, part work and it was going to be lots of pleasure as well. So I did. I did some interviews while I was there and some of the regular stuff that I do and I do on these trips. But I did take the opportunity to really see it from a consumer standpoint. And I must tell you, there just is no way to describe how amazing this particular event is. Now, to just kind of put it into perspective, it starts at the beginning of the week and it goes through Sunday. And there are a variety of events, themed events that happen each day. So there's the medal celebration at the beginning of the week. There's the Founders Barrel Auction, the Miracle Auction, and Salmon Bake, a big wow. The Grand Tasting, just off the charts. And also squeezed in there was the Ultimate Vintner Dinner. There's other stuff like Oregon Wine University and more, the, the Oregon Wine Competition. But here's what's so amazing about it. They created this venue that was so unique. They had erected just gigantic tents. And there were like two tents plus this sort of indoor-outdoor area. I'm talking about tents a la Cirque du Soleil, that big. I mean, just ginormous that can hold thousands of people. And the attention to detail was like nothing I have ever seen in my entire life. Now, I don't even know how to explain this except to say that every day there was a new event. And every day when you walked into that venue, everything was different. The tables were different. The configurations were different. The the people pouring wines were different. The foods were different. It was like you walked into a completely different event, a completely different venue. And how they pulled this off, I will never understand. What I do know is that they had like something like 300 volunteers who did this. And it was on behalf of the Asante Foundation, which is literally just a medical miracle worker organization in the region. And they provide important medical support for a broad number of communities and the, the Children's Miracle Network. And I know they spent a lot to put the event on, but I can also tell you that, you know, based on the price of tickets and the way people spend at these events, the investment that they made into the event was really money well spent. And in fact, they actually raised more than a million and a half dollars to help people with their medical needs. It was just amazing. What a win-win situation. And I didn't see a single person at any of the events that I attended that wasn't literally having the time of their life. Now, first of all, this event was a tremendous cross-sample of everything that is great about Oregon wines. And anybody that is anybody in the Oregon wine business was there. I don't even know how many wineries were in attendance, but there were so many of them that it was virtually impossible for me, even making my best effort to get around and try as many wines as I possibly could, it was virtually impossible to really take in everything that was in front of me. And what's really spectacular about it is, is that so many of those wineries that were participating are wineries that received gold medals at the Oregon Wine Competition. Stellar, stellar winemakers. But on top of that was the food. And I think I was probably as blown away or even more blown away by the food than I was by the wine, only because when I go to these kinds of events, the food isn't really always that spectacular. But here, you know, I walk into an event and they're serving dishes on small plates and many of those dishes were adorned with edible flowers, edible 
edible orchids. It was like they took things to the highest possible level. I had some dishes, honestly, that I said were among the best things that I had ever eaten in my life. And and that's pretty amazing when you consider the fact that they were dishing out food to literally thousands of people. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. But again, you know, the thing that astounded me the most was the fact that every day that I went there, it was like I was at a completely different venue. However, the one thing that was consistent was every time I walked through the door, even though I was one of thousands of people visiting, the, the people who greeted me always recognized me, always said, oh, you're back. You know, it, the, the quality even of the volunteers there was not to be believed. At one point, I even left my cell phone at one particular stop in there at one winery. And then I, I had to leave uh, just shortly after that. And, and I forgot my phone, as I said. And when I got in the car, I go, my phone, I've lost my phone. This is like 15 minutes later, right? And I go back inside and within 15 minutes, my phone was at the lost and found. Everything was just so well organized. Then they had, of course, the miracle auction and salmon bag. And the salmon bag was just astonishing. And it wasn't just salmon, by the way. There was just an amazing amount of other foods. But the salmon was cooked by the local Indian tribe in a method that they've used for just, you know, it's been handed down through the centuries, literally. And they created this enormous fire pit and roasted the salmon and it was just to die for. But then everything else that was part of that meal was also just extraordinary. So, I, you know, that's my recap, I guess, for the Oregon wine experience. I, I noted, by the way, that they have already put up the page for the 2020 Oregon wine experience. And I really want to encourage you. This is not because I was a sponsor of the event, but I really want to encourage you to register and, you know, make it a part of your summer travel next year. Because as wine events go, any place on the planet, this is one of the very, very best I've ever been to. I, I give it like a perfect 10. I give it two thumbs up, you know, 100,000 gold stars, the Oregon wine experience. I'm going to actually be presenting some interviews in just a moment with some of the people there, including the person who won the best of class award at the Oregon wine competition. We're going to do that in just a moment when we come back with Grape Encounters Radio. Grape Encounters Radio is, by the way, brought to you by Total Wine and More. And we so appreciate them helping us put this show on the air. I would say this, that as wonderful as the Oregon wine experience is, the experience of going to a Total Wine and More store is also just off the charts. You cannot go to a Total Wine and More store and walk out feeling disappointed because they will always, and I mean always, exceed your expectations. If you want to know more about Total Wine and More or you want to find a store near you, go to TotalWine.com. David will be back with more Grape Encounters in a couple of minutes, which means there simply isn't enough time for him to enjoy more than a sip or two of one of his faves. Oh, the sacrifices we make in the broadcasting business. The Oregon Wine Experience's Founders Barrel Auction on Friday, August 23rd is an afternoon of elegance. Sample wine futures from Authentique Wine Cellars, Hewitt Cellars, Laurel Ridge Winery, Left Coast Estate, Russell Prayer Rock Vineyards, Stone Griffin Vineyard, Vulcan Cellars, plus many more. The action takes off as you bid on the opportunity to win a case or the whole barrel of Oregon's finest wines. Go to TheOregonWineExperience.com to purchase tickets. The Oregon Wine Experience, it's everything Oregon. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. 
When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, walnuts and wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. Nestled right in between two world-class wine countries, Paso Robles and San Luis Obispo, the warm and inviting city of Atascadero is the perfect gateway to nearly endless wine country adventures. Cozy and oh-so-friendly, make historic Atascadero home base for adventures to hundreds of surrounding wineries, the nearby Pacific, and magical Hearst Castle, plus an amazing array of attractions from ziplining to delectable dining. Discover all that affordable Atascadero has to offer at visitatascadero.com. Welcome back to Grape Encounters Radio, broadcasting from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in idyllic Atascadero, California. Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine & More, America's largest independent retailer of fine wine. They carry more than 8,000 different wines from every wine-producing region in the world and offer an equally monumental selection of beer and spirits. Here's David. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio. And now I have taken a trip over to a winery that I've been hearing a lot about because it's going through a tremendous evolution right now. Um, It is called Troon Vineyard. That's spelled T-R-O-O-N, Vineyard. And it's in the uh, Applegate Valley, which is a place you might remember. I did some interviews from here. Oh, gosh, it's been almost a year ago. But I've returned because of our attendance at the Oregon Wine Experience. But I've been wanting to share some thoughts about natural wines. And, you know, we hear the terms organic, uh, perhaps biodynamic. Uh, Many people don't know that term yet. But I'm at Troon Vineyard, and I'm sitting with Nate Winters. He's the national sales manager. Um, He's a certified sommelier in the Court of Master Sommeliers. And welcome. Thank you. I appreciate, uh, you know, coming out here and making time to give me a spotlight. Well, thanks for inviting me out here. This is like, this is the most breathtaking property. I'm just absolutely stunned by how beautiful it is. The first time I came here was in wintertime. Well, actually, it was late fall, early winter. Didn't look like this. Was there any snow? Um, There was uh, just a lot of frost at, at that point in time. But anyway, a gorgeous property. And it's been through... A pretty important evolution, important if you're into being much more in tune with the environment and all things natural and getting away from pesticides and, and all of those things. But I, before we get into what you guys are doing here and how you've transformed this property under new ownership over the past few years, I just wanted to, to jump back to like 10 or 12 years ago, I would go to places like Whole Foods. And this was actually before Grape Encounters. Uh, but I was interested in the whole organic, and which is you know a term that is really misused, but uh, you know natural wines. But I would buy those wines, and they were just terrible. They were hideous. And now the funny thing is, is that it's all changed, and and now it's those natural wines and organic wines that are really getting the attention, and they got it nailed. What are your thoughts on this? 
Um, it goes back a long time. You know, they didn't have the technology uh, 6,000 years ago to make anything other than the term natural wine. It's totally different, isn't it? And also, as um, a sales manager here, what kind of demand do you... And honestly, I want you to be honest with me, but when people come in here, how many people really care about natural wine versus wine that might be tampered, that might use pesticides and that sort of thing? What's your honest impression? Here in Oregon, our, our demographic has, has made a change as well as you mentioned earlier with our, our agriculture. And I think we see more people looking for natural wines than we did when we didn't make them. Um, but I think it's a very, um, it's starting to hit people's radars nowadays, but it has a lot farther to go. And it's kind of very loosely defined. And I think once it's defined a little bit more, you'll see more people searching for what they want. But you know, you're a California boy, actually, originally, right? Correct. And in California, it's almost to the point where you see more people moving toward natural wine than not. And I think there, you know, to me, I think the wine industry may be the most socially conscientious of almost any industry that I can possibly think of. I agree. You know, wine is a social food, for lack of better words, um, very um, enjoyed in a social environment. But I think that wine culture is on a pendulum, and I think we're just we're swaying the other way right now. Um, on the right in California, the, the pendulum swings, and you get really heavy Napa cabs for a long time, and now the pendulum's kind of switching, and people want a different style of wine. Do you think that wine goes through the same kind of seasons that, let's say, something like clothing goes through? You know, fashion goes out of style, and then 20 years later, it comes back into style. I think that's true with a lot of things, don't you think? I agree, and that's 100% that's what it is. Pretty can, good metaphor, don't you, you think? You can see it every season, from rosé season to big reds to whites. In the spring, you know, people change year to year, and then in the macro scale, yes, I think the trends flip a lot. So let's talk a little bit about the metamorphosis that's happened here at Troon Vineyard, because it's really a, a pretty historic property, because it goes back to a time when American wines weren't really on the world wine map that much. That's right. You know, predates, I think this property predates the Judgment of Paris, does it Judgment not? of Paris happened in 76, that's correct, and, and we planted in 1972. Dick Troon planted us, and he kind of had a hunch that the area reminded him of the Healdsburg area, so he wanted to kind of plant some of those same warm climate varieties. Um, he was kind of ahead of the game and tried to convince a lot more people in the area to, to do the same thing and stop farming crops and cattle and, and farm vines. So the new owners, tell me about them? The new owners, uh, they're uh, Dr. Brian and Denise White. They're from Texas. Very enthusiastic people. They help us in harvest. They help us in bottling. They help during events. Um, a, a really bright sense of, of ambiance they bring to the morale of the team. But fully supporting, uh, being conscious of what we're doing to the land, not just trying to take all we can from it and may, make a profit. So the decision was made to not just make natural wines, but to make them using bio dynamic principles. Yes. And, and when did you become certified as a biodynamic winery? We got officially certified this year. Just um, this year? Just last month. Um, it's been a, a bright year for us. Okay. We don't have a lot of time, but just, and we're going to, by the way, we're going to expound upon the concept of biodynamics in a special edition 
of our podcast, The Wine is Talking. So you can find that podcast at thewineistalking.com, or you can also look for it on iTunes and other podcast sites. But anyway, uh, just in a nutshell, explain the biodynamic principles, because it's not something most people understand. And even when you explain it to them, they go, what? <laughs> what? There is a, you know, kind of a voodoo side of biodynamics and a kind of science side. And, and we try to mesh those together so you can farm your property however you want. The next step would be organic. And, and all organic farming is is a list of things that you cannot use. You take that out and you're organic. But biodynamics takes it one step further on what to put back into your soil for the sustainability and regenerative yeah. properties of the soil and going forward with a more holistic harmony approach that everything's kind of tied together um, to try to put it simply for uh, Okay. And this includes being very tuned into the cycles of the moon, correct? That is correct. And I noticed you have a, a chart on the wall in there. So how does that work exactly? We keep a lunar calendar and the biodynamic calendar and we try to follow it to the best of our abilities. A good example that I would give is uh, according to which phase the moon is in, you have different days, uh, fruit days, root days, different things to do different things on. You are advised to pick on a fruit day. Um, but if it's going to rain, or, or not pick on a root day, but if it's going to rain, we have to pick the fruit. Okay, we don't have a lot of time, but if you want to hear more about uh, biodynamics, uh, just go to thewineistalking.com and you're going to get the full discussion there. Does that seem fair to you? I love that. Please. All right. <laughs> My guest has been Nate Winters. He's the national sales manager of Troon Vineyard. What a, a gorgeous, gorgeous property. They've got a great website. If you want to look at you know, most, one of the most idyllic places that you could possibly visit, you've got to check it out. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. All right. We're going to be back with more Grape Encounters in just a second. So stay with me. And remember, Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine & More as enamored as I am with this property, I am just as enamored with Total Wine and More. It's been one of my favorite places to visit for a long, long time since before I started Grape Encounters. And if you haven't checked out a Total Wine and More store, you don't know what you're missing because it is like the ultimate amusement park for wine lovers. We'll be back in just a second. We've got to take a breather for a minute or two. Don't go away. Remember, if we don't let the wine breathe, it's impossible for the show to be done in good taste. Summertime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. If you're topping off your burger with grilled onions and blue cheese, pair your work of art with a spicy Malbec. Nothing beats a buttery Chardonnay with grilled corn on the cob. I'm ready to find you the perfect bottle of white for your next get-together. Pack up the cooler for this weekend. We've got canned wine and beer ready to throw on ice. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this summer at Total Wine & More. Cheers! I want to take this opportunity to tell you about the wines of Peak Ranch. I recently discovered these truly amazing wines that are raking in top honors from the wine press. What I didn't initially realize is that I had a very strong connection to these perfectly crafted Pinots, Syrahs, Chardonnays, and more. Remarkably, these wines are produced by my very best friend from the first grade, John Wagner. Now, I have to say that John has always one-upped me in almost everything he does, and these extraordinary wines are no exception. Made from grapes grown on one of California's most historic Central Coast properties, there is no other word to describe them than perfect. 
Peak Ranch is doing everything right. Amazing wines that will absolutely astound you. Buy them online at peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E ranch.com. Savor Oregon's finest wines at the Oregon Wine Experience's Grand Tasting on Sunday, August 25th. Work your way through the tasting tables and enjoy an array of delicious culinary bites. Don't miss this special opportunity to sample wines from all corners of Oregon in one unique location. The wine pours start at 2 p.m. Plan your experience today. Go to theoregonwineexperience.com to purchase tickets. The Oregon Wine Experience, it's everything Oregon. Welcome back to Grape Encounters, where we believe there's no way to fake a great wine, and where we never fake our disdain for the really bad ones. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio. And you know, somebody had to be the best of the show at the Oregon Wine Experience. And I, I was actually really surprised at the wine that won, not because it wasn't a fabulous wine, but because it's just one of those wines that typically doesn't win best of show. And we're going to tell you exactly what that is in just a second. Think of the unlikely choices. And I'm going to introduce you to Tony Corallo. And Tony is from Trium. Gosh, first of all, what an event that was. You've bumped around for a long time in wine circles. I know you've got a lot of buddies down in Napa and Sonoma and you've been up here a while. Can you think of another event that's as pleasant and just as well organized and terrific across the board as the Oregon Wine Experience? Actually not. Uh, We've been to several different auction and fundraising wine events. Right. And the Oregon Wine Experience is definitely one of the most widely known as well as Put on to the nines. It's just absolutely fabulous. As I was saying in the first segment, what really I think is so interesting about it is I felt like I was in a play where every time I turned around, the scene changed. The entire venue was just transformed overnight, every single night. It was just a completely different place that you walked into and all this under a tent. I was stunned and I was blown away by the grand tasting and just how many, first of all, winemakers were there. It really gives you a sense of how big the wine business is in Oregon and especially Southern Oregon. But it was just astounding to me, the variety, the versatility of of the wines there. Well, the interesting thing is that we've had more and more participants come in from Northern Oregon and the Willamette Valley, not only Umpqua and Southern Oregon. And in my opinion, that is just fabulous for Southern Oregon wines because it draws more folks into the area. Well, let's talk specifically about Trim. You won Best of Show. Did you have any inkling that was going to be a possibility? Well, the wine itself is is an absolutely fabulous wine, and we have won other uh, highly acclaimed awards outside of the Oregon wine experience uh, with this particular varietal. We were told in late July, early August that we had won uh, medals for two of our wines, and we were asked to provide uh, a little bit more information and based on that, we had an inkling that we had something good in the works, Yeah. as well as industry folks, other winemakers, other uh, vineyards tell us that we should be prepared for a, a high honor. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, let's tell them. 
Let's tell them what it was because it's, again, it, I think it's a wine that everybody loves, but they don't take it as seriously as a Cabernet or a Pinot Noir or a Syrah or something. You're absolutely right, particularly when you look at the white varietals. You think of white wine and Chardonnay comes to mind very quickly, yes. Sauvignon Blanc, yes. even a Pinot Gris. Yes, but unfortunately. But we happen to produce a Viognier, Viognier, and this one is just off the charts. Hey, hey, Viognier. Yes, absolutely, totally, completely off the charts. And the other wines that you produce are, you know, kind of some of the ones that, that I just talked about and you just talked about. But you've got, let's see, Viognier, Chardonnay, right? And in the reds, you've got what? We have a right bank Bordeaux blend, which is a Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Cabernet Franc. And then 100% Cab, which is another one of those that uh, we take pride on ourselves and making it in a, in a very Bordeaux style. Talk to me about Cabs from Southern Oregon, because there's more and more of it apparently being planted. And I, I really liked what I tasted this past week. I thought they were really good. I would say this, if you're expecting it to taste like a Napa Cab, probably not. It's going to have a different character to it. How would you describe the cabs from here. Well, I think you're absolutely correct. It's not a Napa cab. There are two probably profiles of Cabernet in the Rogue Valley being generated. One is more of what we call a valley fruit. It's got a peppier, uh, pepper taste to it. It's got a little bit lighter mouthfeel, and it's very, very popular. The other Cabernet Sauvignon that we're producing is a high altitude, low water, very stressed uh, berries. In fact, they're, they're very, very small. And those cabs are, are, are coming in with the more traditional tannic mouthfeel, blueberry, more of the mocha flavor profile. And those have become more and more popular as well. So there's, there's a couple of different distinct flavor profiles and that we're seeing here in the Valley. And they're taking, again, more hold and, and becoming more popular. You know, everybody I talked to, not just this trip, but the last trip when I was here at the end of last year, uniformly talking to winemakers in this region, there's the sense that this area has only scratched maybe 1% of its potential. It's got a long ways to go and to grow. I'd fully agree with that. In fact, I was surprised to hear someone came up to me and said, you know, it's really the wild, wild west of winemaking. That's right a good, that's a good description, actually. And, yeah. and I thought about that. I thought, you know what? We are really just scratching the surface. And it's the events like the Oregon Wine Experience that are going to put the Rogue Valley on the map. I'm with uh, Tony Corallo, who is the owner of Trium. And you're in the town of Talent. It's a very small town. I think the population here is less than 3,000 people. It's up and coming. It's a, it's a bedroom community of Ashland, which is very renowned for its Oregon Shakespearean Festival and, and tourism. But here at Talents, it's a bedroom community that is just now growing and blossoming. And having the winery here gives folks another reason to stay local and visit a nice, a nice small, small place to live. Give me about a 60-second to two-minute shakedown on how you wound up here. How long have you been seriously involved in the wine business? I, I've been in a, on a file for probably a good 15 years. I had looked at various activities in the wine business to supplement my income as well as... Well, let me, let, for, me, let me interrupt. What, yeah. what did you do before this? Well, what I currently do... Uh, oh, you I'm still not, do? I okay. still do. Not retired. I'm in the institutional money management business. Okay. So uh, my office is in the Bay Area, and I fly down just about every week and take care of our large corporate clients. So <laughs> even though I wasn't ready to retire, this is a good parlay into the next chapter of 
of my career. I kind of have to laugh because there's a saying that says if you want to make a million dollars in the wine business, invest five million. So I'll leave that for my accountant to decide. But we uh, we have known the Trium family for 15 years, and unfortunately, there was a, a death in the family that occurred about three yeah. years ago, and it just was not going to work for for the remaining family members. And they were debating whether to take Trium and, and close it down. Fortunately, however you may look at that, I was introduced to the business itself. I've known the family members for, again, about 15 years, and we came to an agreement that we would take on the tradition of making the Trium wines to their liking, and here we are, just over two years later. Having fun? Absolutely. Having a blast. And do you love living here? Yes. Uh, I grew up in the Rogue Valley. Oh, okay. I uh, left for, for a while and came back, and me and my partner have fell in love with talent and everything that it represents, as well as you know running the business. So just to put things in perspective, if folks are not familiar with the area. Uh, so it's kind of midway between Ashland and Jacksonville and Ashland and Medford. That is correct. Yeah, depending upon which direction you're pointing. So um, I, I got to go and catch a plane here shortly. Um, it's not always easy to get out of here, is it? I learned my lesson today. I've got to fly to San Francisco and then to LAX and then back to Santa Barbara and then drive home to the Central Coast. That's not a fun day. No, that's a long day. <laughs> uh, the good news is the weather getting out of Medford should be fabulous and uh, you get a little bit of scenery on the on the way home. Yeah. Now listen, if you get a chance, gang, and you really want the kind of the perfect wine vacation that is, number one, unpretentious. Number two, not nearly as expensive as it could be. Number three, gives you so many things that aren't wine to do. And I think that's important, whether it's rafting down the Rogue River or taking in Shakespeare or taking in something that isn't Shakespeare. Like, yeah, exactly. There's so much to do here that I just think it's time to really get this area on the map. And they don't pay me to do this. I'm just doing it because I love it. All right. uh, We're going to be back with more Grape Encounters in just a second. Tony, I really appreciate you being on. Thank you, David. It's Trium Wines. And for more information, it's just what? Trium, T-R-I-U-M, wines.com, right? Yes, it is. Check first. Make sure we're open. We're open seven days during the summer months, 12 to 7. We shut down midweek during the winter months. So check website or uh, give us a ring. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. You know, when we distinguish one wine from another, the first place most people start is color. You know, red, white, rosé, even orange. From there, we turn to the varietal to describe our wines. And then on to country, region, appellation, and sub-appellation. But what most wine consumers don't talk about all that much is the manner in which the grapes are grown or the method used to produce the wine. Yet even though these things may not be top of mind, they can make a huge difference when it comes to the finished product. And the more you learn about such things, the more eager you'll be to explore. That in and of itself is a darn good reason to spend some quality time in a Total Wine & More store. There are countless ways to grow grapes and make wines, and with 8,000 wines on their shelves, the variations that you'll find at your Total Wine & More store will wow you big time. The best part is, navigating all those choices is easy peasy, thanks to the incredible training members of the Total Wine & More staff receive. So rather than being overwhelmed by the choices in front of you, you'll be overwhelmed by just how easy it is to find something that's absolutely perfect for you and your guests. For a Total Wine & More store near you, or to make purchases online, surf your way to TotalWine.com. 
Sometimes drinking wine makes you just want to curl up in a comfy chair and dream about puppy dogs, faraway places, and other happy thoughts. Or you can just enjoy that cuvee in your glass and lose yourself in the conversation on Grape Encounters Radio. Summertime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Nothing beats beers and burgers. And with so many to choose from, we've got the perfect cold one waiting for you. Serving up salads at your cookout this weekend? Add a dry rosé to the table for a perfect pairing. When I'm the barbecue grill master, I've got to have a cold lager in my hand. Hey, grab me another. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection this summer at Total Wine & More. Cheers. Nestled right in between two world-class wine countries, Paso Robles and San Luis Obispo, the warm and inviting city of Atascadero is the perfect gateway to nearly endless wine country adventures. Cozy and oh-so-friendly, make historic Atascadero home base for adventures to hundreds of surrounding wineries, the nearby Pacific, and magical Hearst Castle, plus an amazing array of attractions from ziplining to delectable dining. Discover all that affordable Atascadero has to offer at visitatascadero.com. I want to take this opportunity to tell you about the wines of Peak Ranch. I recently discovered these truly amazing wines that are raking in top honors from the wine press. What I didn't initially realize is that I had a very strong connection to these perfectly crafted Pinots, Syrahs, Chardonnays, and more. Remarkably, these wines are produced by my very best friend from the first grade, John Wagner. Now, I have to say that John has always one-upped me in almost everything he does, and these extraordinary wines are no exception. Made from grapes grown on one of California's most historic Central Coast properties, there is no other word to describe them than perfect. Peak Ranch is doing everything right. Amazing wines that will absolutely astound you. Buy them online at peakranch.com. That's P-E-A-K-E ranch.com. People often ask, why hasn't someone tarred and feathered Grape Encounters host David Wilson for breaking so many of the old rules? Simple. No one likes the old rules. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio. We've been talking about the Oregon wine experience and talking to some of the participants at that festival. If you don't get a chance this year to go to a wine festival, at least do yourself a favor and stop into your local Total Wine and More. It's like rolling every wine festival in the world into one single place under one single roof. Anything you could ever want, you're probably going to find at Total Wine and More. And even if you don't have a Total Wine and More right in your neighborhood, you can go to Total Wine. And you can peruse not just their exceptional selection of wines there. You can also check out their accessories and a lot of other opportunities to enhance your wine life. It's TotalWine.com, a really, really exciting sponsor of Grape Encounters Radio. But anyway, I've been talking to some of the people who were key players at the Oregon Wine Festival and also gave you my recap of that festival. But I wanted to just broaden the subject a little bit by talking in more general terms 
about things that you should probably know when you are choosing a wine festival to go to and when you are a participant at that festival. So I've prepared a list. It's what I call 15 things that you should know about enjoying and getting the most out of a wine festival. And I just want to run through this list real quickly. I think it's going to be useful to you. All right. So number one is this. Find the festivals you really want to go to. Now, they can be expensive, so you want to choose wisely. But the best place still to find a wine festival near you or in some place that you'd like to travel to is to go to Google. It's still the best way. But there's another resource that I'm really, really fond of. It's called localwineevents.com. And they are literally an encyclopedia of every wine event that is going on across America and beyond. You really want to check it out. It's called localwineevents.com. The number of entries that they have and opportunities that you can take a look at are just literally mind-boggling. So log in to localwineevents.com. They're not a sponsor, but I really utilize them very often to kind of take the pulse of what's going on in the wine world when it comes to festivals, events, and more. The second thing I want to tell you is this. Buy your tickets in advance to wine festivals. Almost always, they offer a discount if you buy the tickets online. If you go to the event, the day of the event, you're going to pay more money. So if you want to save some simoles, just go to their website and buy the tickets in advance. I would say that most festivals do offer a significant discount. Number three, super important, and I really hope you will do this, and that is to utilize Uber or Lyft. When you go to a festival, you really don't want to drive there. I mean, you may be in a strange town and you may have rented a car, but you know what? Don't use it. Just call the local Uber or Lyft drivers and they'll come and scoop you up, take you to the festival. You can enjoy yourself and not subject yourself to any harm. There are so many people that are using Uber and Lyft when it comes to wine events, and I think it's really, really wise to do so. Number four, do your research in advance. Go to the wineries that you most want to experience first. And what I really mean by this is to look at the wineries that are participating in the festivals, go through the list, and then do some Googling to see who some of the star players might be. And I think you'll be much happier if you don't just try to taste wines from everyone that's at the festival. You know, go to the ones that really interest you first, which takes us to number five, which is go for the gold. Like in the case of the Oregon Wine Festival, they have the Oregon Wine Competition, and they award silver, gold, and bronze medals to wineries that produce exceptional wines. So find out who's getting gold medals, not just at festivals associated with that wine experience, but they're out there submitting their wines for evaluation and go there first. And number six is this. Barrel tastings are the bomb. A lot of wine festivals offer barrel tastings. And that literally means that when you go to the festival, they will use something called a wine thief. They'll stick it down into an actual barrel where the wine is still being aged and you'll get a chance to taste the wine even before it's matured to the point that it goes into the bottle and it's up for sale. It's a wonderful experience that you can find at wine festivals or you can find at wineries, but it's a great way to really see how a wine is developing and what a wine is like before it actually is up for retail sale. All right, next, this is so critical. Pace yourself because gluttony never ends well. I see so many people that go to wine festivals. They want to drink everything in sight. By the time they're, you know, an hour into the festival, they're done. Don't do it. Gluttony is not going to end well for you. So pace yourself. Take your time. Don't try to drink everything that's there. Number eight, and right along 
the same lines as number seven, spit for Pete's sake. You don't have to swallow everything, especially if you don't like it. There are spit buckets at every wine festival and you want to use the spit bucket. It's not going to offend anybody if you do that. And most people are perfectly aware that if you're at a festival that you can't consume everything that you put into your mouth. So spit and that way you can enjoy so much more. The next thing is number nine, share sips with your companion. If you're there with another person, instead of you both filling up your glass together, have your companion put one wine in their glass, you put a wine in your glass and share the sips because there's plenty of wine for you to enjoy. This is a way to kind of speed through the process, enjoy as many wines as you possibly can without overdoing it. Uh, Number 10, so important, eat the food at festivals. It serves a purpose. You want to keep food in your system. Now, don't just go drink, 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 drink. You want to go to all of the places that are serving food, you know, nibble, graze, have a great time. The more food that's on your stomach, the better the experience is going to be for you. Number 11, ask others at the festival what they've experienced that was really exceptional. You know, get somebody else's opinion and then follow their trail. Number 12, don't over-engage the servers. You're not their only visitor. And so many times people will try to monopolize the winemaker that's there. It's trying to show off their wares. It's fine to ask questions, but give other people an opportunity. Number 13, it's going to be impossible to not go back and forth from red to white and the reverse. So please clean your palate, rinse your glass. You're going to be going back and forth and you're going to be much better off and you'll enjoy the wines to their fullest. Number 14, there may be special purchase opportunities. So ask. And then finally, 15, bring something to write on. What's the point of trying wines if you quickly forget what you loved? Pick up literature, but only from the wineries you enjoyed. Oh, and I've got a bonus recommendation, and that is this. Don't forget number three, Uber and Lyft. You've had a great time. It's been a wonderful day. Don't ruin it by trying to drive home. All right, that's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. I really appreciate you guys listening. If you want more episodes of Grape Encounters that you haven't heard before, go to grapeencounters.com, and we've got a brand new podcast, and that is The Wine is Talking. It's available at thewineistalking.com. It covers subjects that we don't cover on Grape Encounters, and it's just more content for you to absorb. Many thanks to our sponsor, Total Wine and More. You will never find a greater selection of wine in one place. It's just totally Totally and utterly amazing what they offer. If you want to become more familiar with them, go to TotalWine.com. We'll be back here at the same time next week on this same channel with more Grape Encounters. We look forward to talking to you then.